This is In the Know for Friday, July 28, the 209th day of 2023. There are 156 days left in the year. Good morning, MB, guiding you through In the Know at K105 on Lichfield Country Station 1039. The Moose, live online at K105.com via the Apple and Android smartphone app, using the SoundCloud, iTunes, or Spotify podcast on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and the hashtag is in the know. Coming up today, we're going to update you on the latest news headlines from around the community, the county, the Commonwealth, and the country. How long will it stay warm? We'll tell you when relief might be in sight. Plus, we'll give you your chance to win that and a whole lot more coming up today. You're on in the know. Settling into my left, rolling Mach 9 with her hair on fire. Is my beautiful wife. The beautiful girl. It's Beach. Good morning, sweetheart. Good morning. How you doing? I'm good. Is it warm outside already? Yeah. Yeah. But nothing like yesterday. Nothing so like far. yesterday. Today <laughs> might be a little bit worse. But yes. I do want to confirm everybody gets a little bit of a pass because I think we know this, but it's now been confirmed by three separate studies. It isn't just the summer heat getting on our nerves. It makes everything else get on our nerves, too. Researchers found that when in an air-conditioned environment, people were pretty chill. But once exposed to excessive heat, even the littlest annoyance made their blood boil. You think we're more ir- irritable when we're hot? I think so. I think you're more irritable when you're uncomfortable, period. Yeah, hot. Yeah cranky, sweltering, and so the old uh, molehills turned into mountains sometimes. So so. it's just uh, one of those things that happens and got to be on the lookout for it. He is a five-time winner of the Coveted Ohio News Hawk Award. He's the two-time Silver Sound nominee covering every corner of the globe, London, Budapest, Rio, Tokyo, and even Litchfield. He's Sam Gormley and the Sports. Morning, Sam. Morning, Ralph. How you doing? Good. We're having some technical problems. I'm trying to figure out. No, really. How How are you doing? Hmm? You fine. probably had a rough afternoon yesterday. No, everything's good. You sure? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. You're everything's certain? good. No, yeah, re- no, no, no reason for concern? No. Uh, no. It's uh, the fact they even came out with a little bit more this morning. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you about it in just a few minutes. But when I heard the news, I thought, oh, I know somebody that's on uh, on eggshells. This afternoon, a heat wave continues going to see heat advisories in effect for our area until uh, nine o'clock tonight when it cools off overnight low. We're going to get all the way down to 80, Uh, (laughs) maybe actually below that here between the lakes. But another warm day tomorrow, but maybe some isolated downpours to cool us down. If you can just get if you can stumble into one of those rain showers, it'll cool it off a few degrees for a while before it builds back in, but some cooler and drier air will be moving in for the second half of your Sunday, and at least we'll make it a little more bearable. But the heat indices are going to be high again this afternoon, 106, 107 range, so something like that. Be prepared. So we probably, the actual temperature regionally could get to 98 today. I think uh, we'll probably be about 96 here between the lakes. Partly cloudy, 80 overnight, partly cloudy, 96 for tomorrow, and then a little bit better. You know, uh, three days ago, when you saw the 10-day forecast, there were two days where highs were in the 80s. Now you look, and we're going to get a stretch next week, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, where our high (laughs) remains in the 80s, and then we'll finish the week with highs in the 80s, but it's just, um, you know, it'll be early August by then, and 
That's just what happens in the month of August. Uh, another day and more uh, more charges for former President Trump. Uh, he is facing new charges in the case about the classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. Uh, one of them includes, apparently he asked someone to delete some uh, surveillance footage, some security video that they had that I guess he thought could be incriminating. At least someone testified that he did. Um, whether or not that's true, I guess we'll find out in some sort of trial. And then a groundskeeper also got charged with some type of uh, out moving these documents or so. So anyway, that continues. And I guess it's so it's like a ping pong. We talk about Hunter Biden one day and then they volley back over and then Trump's in the news and then they'll volley back over. And it's just a back and forth game. Where there's smoke, there's fire. I guess. It's always uh, going to be somebody, uh, right? Especially, yeah. I think there is smoke around Hunter Biden. There's definitely other I saw the conditions of that of that plea deal, the conditions that he was agreeing to, and I thought, there's no way. There's no way he can, there's, there's no way he can adhere to the conditions that uh, he's, he's agreeing to. Uh, our governor, Andy Bashir, had scheduled yesterday a meeting to talk about uh, a bridge, a very important bridge. And by the end of that meeting, they were talking about another bridge that they did not know they'd be talking about at the beginning of the day. So yesterday, the Sherman Minton Bridge is that double-decker bridge that travels over the Ohio. It tra- it's uh, It basically carries I-64 from downtown Louisville into southern Indiana. And... The Indiana Department of Transportation, which is responsible for the Sherman Minton Bridge, and they they closed a span overnight the night before, and then the more they did some digging and looking, they decided, uh, hey, uh, we got to shut this thing down. And so no traffic either direction, either level, Sherman Minton Bridge till further notice, which has caused a big snarl in southern Indiana and in Louisville because you cut off one of the primary arteries. You cut off one of the primary east to west arteries of interstate traffic as well, not just uh, the Louisville area. So it's a it's a big deal. Uh, and the reason that it causes a... So you got some options now. You There's the there's the Watterson Expressway equivalent in, in, in southern Indiana is basically their 265. You can take that back over to the Kennedy and the Lincoln... But uh, then you got the Clark Memorial, which would be very congested, of course, and is limited to downtown traffic. But the Kennedy-Lincoln is a toll. So if all of a sudden you've been using 64 and you have to go the long way around to get into Kentucky or into southern Indiana, are you adding? Are you picking up extra tolls every time you cross the bridge because the Sherman Minton is shut down? Uh, you can go all the way over into eastern the eastern end of Jefferson County. There's another bridge over there. That, but it's a toll bridge as well, so it's going to be a, a big. Um, it's going to be a problem for a few days. Even if they get it back over to a single lane, it's going to be uh, slow going and cause lots of uh, congestion. They said traffic in Southern Indiana yesterday, trying to get into Kentucky, was backed up for t- it was bumper to bumper stop and go for ten miles. I believe queued up into Southern Indiana. So, and that so we're going to talk about the Brent Spence Bridge, and that's what they were making the announcement yesterday. It was Ohio and Kentucky well, I mean, were talking together and that one about was shut down for another, two months, yeah. yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and it you also had to swing you know way around to the east in order to you know to bypass that and get across the river. 
but they have uh, come up with a plan. The design build team has rolled out what a uh, redesigned Brent Spence Bridge corridor project, including a second span to the existing one. So right now, Brent Spence is a double-decker. They would build another bridge beside it, which my guess would not be a double-decker, but it would be wider. And so you'll have northbound traffic will be stacked. So you have two lanes going across the river, two levels going across the river to the north. From what I understand, one of the bridges will be going south and one of the bridges will be going north. That's right. And the new bridge, the new bridge, the way that this is drawn, is a southbound bridge. Correct. So if this design holds, then it looks like, you know, it would be it would be interesting uh, and it would help. It would help tremendously. Now, here's the interesting shift. And this is important to Kentuckians because these obviously are expensive projects. The Brent Spence Bridge will be a a tollless. It will be a free bridge to cross. So people are concerned in the Louisville area that if they have to rebuild the Sherman Minton Bridge, will it become a toll bridge similar to the way that the Lincoln and the Kennedy Bridges are in downtown Louisville? Interestingly enough is that I kind of think of the bridges this way. The Sherman Minton Bridge in Louisville is to the benefit of Louisville because it's the economic hub. The Brent Spence Bridge is to the benefit of Cincinnati because it's the economic hub. By being able to run people out of southern uh, Ohio into northern Kentucky, it helps relieve the pressure on the infrastructure and the sprawl of southern Indiana. So Kentucky is in almost two different situations when it comes to these bridges because of proximity. Louisville's a big city. Cincinnati's a big city. That's not to say northern Kentucky growing all the time. So. Oh, yeah, I mean, northern Kentucky is is a mammoth but it's thanks to it's, it's because of that bridge you know carrying people back and forth well then i mean that bridge has two two interstates on it that's right that's 75 right. and 71 both run through that and obviously 71 goes to louisville and 75 you can take all the way down to the, i mean the southern tip of florida i believe yeah you know it runs down into yeah way south in florida uh, okay, some headlines that don't involve bridges uh, closer to uh, our neck of the woods. Dr. Matthew Constant, former superintendent for Owensboro Public Schools, has been arrested on charges relating to the sexual sexual solicitation of minors. According to the Kentucky State Police, he was arrested yesterday afternoon by the state police. He is charged with a bunch of things relative to uh, that which I just uh, told you about. But I am surprised that I didn't hear about this until Late yesterday, it goes back to June 22nd, the Owensboro Public Schools Board of Education voted unanimously to suspend Constant without pay and began the proceedings to terminate his contract for conduct unbecoming of a superintendent. And the no criminal charges had been filed at that time. The board said they had been informed by police that he had engaged in a relationship that would be problematic. And so the board chair said on June 22nd, though, that the board had enough information to make the determination that uh, Constant acted in a manner unbecoming of what we expected for our students and their families, and therefore he is no longer capable of leading the district. So that's why he is listed as the former superintendent, but his legal troubles are just beginning. The Grayson County High School family and consumer science uh, teacher, Cody Mooneyhan, has uh, received an accolade. She's been nominated for the National Association of Teachers FCS Award of Merit. She will represent Kentucky as the nominee for the prestigious award 
And uh, the national winner will be announced at the ACTE Vision Conference in December. So congratulations to, awesome. to her. I did not get to the story yesterday, but I do think it's important as we get closer to the general election and you determine who is receiving your vote for governor and other statewide office. Uh, Republican candidate Daniel Cameron said earlier this week that he would move quickly as Kentucky's governor to revive a push to require some able-bodied adults to work in exchange for health care coverage through Medicaid. If he succeeds in unseating Governor Bashir later this year, Cameron said his administration would seek federal permission to impose the Medicaid work requirement. The proposed rule would exclude the uh, exclude able-bodied adults who are truly vulnerable, including those with children who are pregnant uh, or are who are or who are pregnant. His campaign said in a follow-up statement, he declared that connecting Medicaid coverage to work for some Kentuckians and would raise workforce participation in the post-pandemic era. So this is something that was, um, you know, considered and tried during the Bevan administration. The difference in the Bevan administration, well, there are several differences in the Bevan administration, but primary, primarily the nemesis or the person who was trying to hold the Bevan administration in check was left to then Attorney General Andy Bashir. Well, the way that it's looking going forward is if Cameron seeks the office, there is no there is no Democratic nemesis as the Attorney General that can check some of these things. So it would be at the federal level that that would have to be turned away. So it'd be interesting to see if this gets any more mileage under a uh, Cameron administration than it got in a Bevan administration. But anyway, something for you to be aware of when you're choosing your candidate. I saw a couple of stories this morning about the backlog of passports from the State Department and uh, people who are having to cancel international travel because of the delay in getting their passports back in hand <laughs> and to the point where even Congress people are not able to create leverage to get these things moved along for people because that's what happens if you you get stuck and you can't get the can't get the State Department to talk to you then you go to your congressman or congresswoman and say can you can somebody reach out over there and find out what's going on so to the point that Oh, I mean, we know people who have had to travel uh, long distance you know, recently in order to get their passport to get same day. But even lines are building up at same day locations. I saw Morgan McGarvey say last night that it was ridiculous that there was not a passport uh, passport center in Louisville because of its size. People shouldn't have to go to Atlanta or Chicago. Well, in, but Cincinnati doesn't have one either. Cincinnati doesn't have one. So there should be one in this area instead of Nashville having to choose to go. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable uh, that, Indy? that like, there's not one even, you know, somewhere in that. Basically, you go Chicago to Atlanta without one. Now you think, well, Chicago's not that far. Atlanta's not that far. You got to commit an entire day or more to doing it, and so uh, I mean, both are over five hours. That's right. Yeah. The University of Louisville, their international center, has added something called a passport place. Now it's it's not a workaround. It's not a shortcut. But if you find the process of trying to apply for and get your documentation together difficult to navigate. 
the passport place is kind of a helpful resource so that they can kind of in plain speak guide you through the steps of getting you ready. They can't speed up the process, but they can help you be ready when it comes time to make that step and make that application. But anyway, it's a, you can find it called Passport Place, and it's in Louisville. Again, it is not a workaround for the line that you have to basically get. And if you, by, by the way, they say, do not let your passport get to less than six months. If your passport is going to expire in six months or less, you better start the renewal process immediately. And you, know, you can do your renewal application I feel soon. like I need to go get my purse. <laughs> need to go look and see. Yeah. Uh, like, uh... Your, your, well, yours was renewed. Yeah. 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 I feel like I need to go get my purse. <laughs> Probably need to check it out. Yeah. Because you use yours a lot. I do. You know, um, <laughs> just as general identification. Yes, I do. Quickly to say, oh, this is my ID. Well, yeah, it, it's just, it's bigger and it's handier for me to, yeah. That's right. All right, I asked Sam at the beginning of the show how, how he was. I was afraid that he had a look of worry and concern, but he seems pretty pretty cool after the news yesterday that Joe Burrow was carted off the practice field following what they labeled as a calf strain of some mm-hmm. kind. But he immediately knew that something wasn't right and he kind of, you know, he came out of his uh, came out of his gallop there, and he went. He kind of hobbled, and they took a lot of precautionary measures. But he's all right. It seems like it. Uh, they tweeted this morning making a joke. The Bengals accounted saying, "You don't need to contact us about donating your calves anymore. Joe's going to be fine." <laughs> so it was kind of my thought process is is they're not going to tweet that if it's something serious. Yeah, uh, and even even a worst case scenario is kind of four to six weeks, and the season is six and a half weeks away. Now, that's obviously the furthest thing from ideal, but when you compare it to the alternative of potentially losing him for large portions of the season, it's not good. But you feel bad for the guy because when he came into the league, it was during COVID, so it wasn't a real training camp. And then his second year, he had the ACL. Last year, he had an appendectomy, and this was going to be his first year of having a real training camp, and now it doesn't seem like that's going to be a thing either. It. Those little things, they can have big consequence. So that's why I was worried when I saw it because you got a team. You, you With him, you're a Super Bowl contender. Without him, you're flirting with missing the playoffs without a doubt. So um, I liken it to this. When Aaron Judge crashed through the fence at uh, against, against the Dodgers, it was, back in like June 1st, and it looked like, oh, well, that was all right. Turns out he had a toe injury and he misses two months. You know, he's not back until today, and they're a completely different team without him in the same way the Bengals are a completely even, different, you know. It's even to a different extent, too, with quarterback. You, 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 there's a difference between having a guy at quarterback and having just your typical quarterback. That's right. Yeah, and no Joe way. Burrow is one of the, you know, he's – He's top three quarterback, and he's definitely not third. Well, let me ask you this. If the if uh, Burrow can't go, can they get Shohei Otani to come play quarterback? He seems <laughs> to be able to do it all. Ellie De La Cruz. That's, <laughs> all they right. got the guy in town already. Ellie De La Cruz might be able to do that as well. All right. We got to get to a break. We'll come back. We got more on the way here on In the Know. Today is milk chocolate day. It's the best chocolate. It is. It may not be the best for you. Dark chocolate may be better for you, but milk chocolate tastes the best. It is hamburger day today. I mean, uh, hamburger. You got to get that big sloppy one with multiple patties and, and all of that, right? Enjoy it. <laughs> let's if you're not go. wearing it, it's not the same thing. Oh, man. Uh, let's see. Tomorrow is, as I told you, National Chicken Wing Day. 
Tomorrow is lipstick day. Sunday is cheesecake day. Sunday, father-in-law day. Sunday, kiss your car day. Sunday, Mm. paperback book day. Gotta be careful kissing your car this afternoon. You might right. need, <laughs> might need to put some aloe on after. Well, here's the thing: you will be having lipstick, red lips on your mm-hmm. if you try to kiss your car. You uh, maybe wait till it's in the garage or well, even, even then, the car wash or something like that to protect yourself. We Monday when we return, we'll be putting the finishing touches on who lie. And then Tuesday uh, rolls over to a new month. It'll be the eight, eighth month of the year. And August brings some monthly celebrations that you might want to be aware of. August is Admit Your Happy Month. It's Family Fun Month. The dog days of summer continue until August 11th. It is Catfish Month, Picnic Month, Peach Month, and Romance Awareness Month. Sure, if you ask students in Grayson County, they might disagree, saying the dog days of summer end on August 1. It's Labor Day, at least. August weekly events, the International Clown Week is always August 1st through 7th. Like a circus clown or just being a clown in general? You do you. Um, however, you <laughs> however you like to celebrate. God. You got plenty of them to celebrate 20, uh, 24-7, 365. Week 2 is National Smile Week. The annual Persed Meteor uh, Shower lights up the night sky during the month of August. Peak days are August 12th and 13th. You can see them for a couple of weeks before and after that date, but peak will be uh, closing in on mid-month, so the 12th and the 13th. Tuesday is Mahjong Day. Big fan. I don't know that I've ever played it. Because that's the one on the other side of the checkerboard usually, right? (laughs) Yeah, it has the stacks. Yeah. It's on the other side of the checkerboard? You turn a checkerboard over, it's usually most, got another yeah. game. Oh, I thought, two games most I thought it was Chinese checkers on the other side. Okay, my it bad. It could be. The mahjong are the rectangular tiles, well, and you have to find the matching right. ones and clear them at the same time. Well, maybe this is not what I'm thinking of. August 2nd is National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. I'm a fan. Uh, Friday is Water Balloon Day. I'm thinking, my mom's right. I'm thinking of backgammon. Oh, backgammon. Oh, yeah, with the little little spikes. (laughs) We were going to learn to play backgammon a couple years ago. we were. I didn't last very long. No, it did not. National Clown uh, Campfire Day on August 5th. It's the first Saturday in August. National Clown Day. Your mom must have known exactly what game you were talking about. Because I'm sure, yeah. It's it's at her house. Yes. (laughs) Uh, She can probably walk to it and put her hand on it right now. It's probably packed away in storage because there's probably not much backgammon happening in the... I don't think she taught the dogs how to play backgammon. So not checkers either? Yeah, because if there's one thing about my dad, my dad is not a... uh, He's not a checkers guy? Not not a board... For Uh, sure, no cards. It's just not not his style. Saturday, a week from tomorrow, is Oyster Day. August 8th, sneak some zucchini onto your neighbor's porch day. August oddly specific. 10th is National S'mores Day. Now, August 11, 2024 is slated to be the Summer Olympics closing ceremony in Paris. But that made me wonder... (laughs) That's where all the board games are. In the cabinet, under the TV. See? Um, she knows where they go. Ours is in the cabinet to the right of the yeah, TV. Yeah, <laughs> see? It makes sense. So 
we were talking about Dolly yesterday and the release of her Queen cover, We Are the Champions. So it made me wonder. I know the Olympics cover almost about, they they span almost about three weeks by the time that the games start before the opening ceremony and then they, you know, the closing ceremony. So it did make me wonder, will it be July, July 27th through August 11th? Yeah, I guess that can be about right. It covers three weekends. That's how it goes. It's you get the opening weekend, the middle weekend, the last weekend. So, but it's really about sixteen days or so. So that makes sense. Yeah, now, twenty six through eleven. Twenty six through eleven. That makes sense. Uh, okay, so yeah, it's the twenty sixth instead of the twenty seventh. August thirteenth. Go ahead and write it down. Is and uh, it's a Sunday this year. Left Handers Day. Ah, that's our day. So be ready to celebrate. That same day, oh no, August 14th is National Creamsicle Day. Oh, like those. August 16th, Roller Coaster Day. August 20th. Do, do, wait, wait. They they don't have Tobacco Bowl Day on there for the 18th? They don't have. Uh, uh, is that not that national it's holiday? Serendipity Day. August 20th, National Radio Day. August 23rd is Ride the Wind Day. It's Ride. <laughs> ride. <laughs> not break? Ride. Ride. <laughs> Uh, the 26th is National Dog Day, Women's Equality Day, Beej's birthday. Woo-hoo. It's also on a Saturday this year. So do you have to share that day with Gertie then, since it's National Dog Day? I guess. Oh, that's fine with me. She doesn't mind. The 28th is Stuffed Green Bell Peppers Day. Big fan. And, of course, you know, then the next holiday off in the distance beyond that will be Laborio Day. So those are things to look forward to. In the month of August, other than sweating. <laughs> but back to school month, you know, uh, high school football returns. Three weeks from today? I guess technically um, college doesn't return. There's usually a couple of games in August. Yeah. Like last but like, year. But in the 30, like 29, August yeah, 29th. Last 30th. year, WKU had a game like the 24th or 25th, whatever that Saturday was. Because they got they went to Hawaii, so they got an extra regular season game. Oh yeah, that's right. So back to school. Uh, a lot of you getting into trying to return to a routine, trying to figure out new teachers, trying to figure out some people figuring out new schools, new extracurricular activities. I ran across this article. Four things teachers don't want to hear about your kid. Uh-oh. And four <laughs> they do. So new school year. Sure, right sure my mom could write this next list right here. Yeah. And I guess it varies from teacher to uh-huh. teacher, but in general, things teachers don't want to hear about your kid, avoid using labels. So don't volunteer, uh, my child can be lazy or they can be difficult or they can be mm-hmm. that's the way you perceive them. That's the way perhaps they act in front of you. Don't set your teacher's expect the teacher's expectations. Exactly. Let, let them come to that on their own accord. If they also agree that your child can be lazy, let them figure that out because mm-hmm. it would be a nice it'd be nice to have a fresh set of eyes on this because yours may be a cumulative a cumulative experience because you've had a lot of life. And your child may not be lazy in their class. That's right. They the teacher may find the thing that motivates them right. that makes them not appear to be lazy. Or difficult, or don't compare your child to others. You don't want to share mm-hmm. comparisons between your child and their sibling, neighbor, friend. It's irrelevant. 
to the process. It's it's irrelevant to the teacher. It doesn't do the teacher. It, it, it benefits them in no way for a comparison to a child that they don't know or don't don't have. And even if they did have, your child is different, so it can be damaging. Unsuitable or sensitive information. Appropriate boundaries and protecting sensitive or confidential information that does not relate to your child's education needs is paramount in in a parent student and teacher relationship so an expert on the subject says respecting privacy while keeping information relevant encourages professional relations between teachers and their pupils as a result parents can build positive and constructive partnerships with teachers by withholding certain types of information pertaining to their child's education and growth you've heard me say it a million times on the show is over the last, it, it appears to me, over the course of the last 50 years, too many parents have decided to leave the raising to the teachers. All right, come home, here's your phone, there's the TV, don't bother me. I'll be over here on my phone watching my TV. And so that's what, it's the, it's the school's job to raise the kids. No, it's not the school's job to raise the kid. It's the school's job to aid in the, educa- aid in the education of your children. So... While not 100% of the time, there can be a few exceptions, but keep your relationship with the, with the educator about education, right? That will be healthy for everyone involved. They don't need to know everything. Now, what they do need to know about are medical conditions. That's usually helpful. Majority of the day, majority of the daylight hours will be sent, spent with the in the school for the next nine months. So teachers should be aware they're the front line before maybe the school nurse gets involved, et cetera. So they, it is helpful to know those things, allergies, medical conditions, prescription requirements, things that are truly germane to the situation. Learning style. If you, if you know that your child has a particular learning style, again, this is about the learning Mm-hmm. Right, that can help the teacher on knowing what motivates them: visual, auditory, tactile, experiential. It's you know all those things. Major life changes. The topic of major life changes is at the top of the list when it comes to what teachers should know about your child. Now, your child doesn't need to know that you and your spouse fought all weekend, um, and the child is. A, but you can give the teacher a note that says. No, no, maybe, maybe off, maybe, you know, I maybe, can't remember maybe in a bad mood or what it was called or how they did it. It was like an extra care. That's right. Extra care required. Extra or, care. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I firmly believe in that one. You don't have to share all of the detail and hopefully, hopefully you have not fought in front of your child, mm-hmm. but I will tell you that the teacher will find out one <laughs> way or the other. Mm-hmm. Especially the younger kids. Absolutely, because they tell it. And, you know, if you are going through a divorce, and I I hope that's not the case, or someone at home is very sick, the teacher needs to know that the household has changed and things are going on because they may be exhibiting behaviors that they normally would not, and the teacher doesn't know. It may explain a whole lot about the the feedback they're getting from a child to the education. But I will also, I would also share with you. Don't be an oversharer on the details of all those things, right. especially mm-hmm. even if you even if you do have to explain it as domestic violence, you you know you wouldn't have to say, well, what happened was, right. 
because teachers are a little bit like ministers in that regard because here's what happens. All the things that we do that we confide in ministers about, they have to absorb that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. They wear that stuff. They know that stuff. They worry about that stuff. Teachers and administrators and bus drivers, they have enough to worry about without oversharing details that really don't help them in any way. You just decided that you wanted to tell them. So be considerate of that. And then... They're not your therapist. They are not your, they are not your therapist. They and don't want to be. I'm then pretty sure. goals for the child. Parents should set goals for their children inside and outside of the classroom. This might be reading, writing, math computation, whatever. Be involved in setting the goals and just say this is what we're working toward. And I think think educators appreciate parental engagement so long as you kind of follow those things that we just laid out there that there are a lot of people that, yeah, well, good luck. Good luck at school. Mm -hmm. Don't bother me. (laughs) <laughs> you know. All right. Maxwell House launches a new ice latte with foam. They will have vanilla, hazelnut, and caramel. Mm. Yeah. I like my coffee hot. Yeah, see, I would prefer my coffee cold. You would? Yeah. I, I don't I don't like it here. I don't like it there. I don't <laughs> like it anywhere. I don't drink it often. Sam, do you know anyone who has William syndrome? Maybe with some more, <laughs> some more information. We're not sure yet. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, if Sam knew someone with William syndrome, he would have not forgotten it. Well, it, I do. I am part goldfish in that realm. The William syndrome affects roughly one in ten thousand people worldwide, with thirty thousand people in the United States having it. People with Williams Syndrome tend to love and trust everyone, so they run up to strangers and hug them. Hmm. Yeah, no, I see. I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want. Sam, what would you do if a stranger ran up oh, and hugged uh, you? You know, it, it, it would not. Like his say, eye. Stay away. Yeah, I don't want you I to get near me. It. He'd get like, a giant oh. fly swat. A giant fly yeah, swat. I don't want that. <laughs> don't be doing that. Do not touch Sam. Please. Yeah, no, get to a break. We'll come stay back. Stay away. Your chance to win coming up here on In the Know. Did you know Hershey's Kisses are named that after the kissing sound the chocolate makes as it falls from the machine onto the conveyor belt, which means kisses were invented before they were named. Right? They didn't sit at the drawing board said, let's make something called Hershey's Kisses, Mm -hmm. and they went out. I guess it was the calibration of the dropping of the chocolate bars, Mm -hmm. and they weren't calibrated exactly right. They left small portions, and they went, well, these are usable for something. And they said, well, let's just make the... Make the Hershey's Kiss. So that's kind of how it came to be, but more importantly, how it came to be named. Here's today's water cooler question. If you or your household have not won in the last 30 days and you're 18 years of age or older, you qualify to win by texting your answer to 270-259-6000, And up for grabs today, Holiday World. Can we do? We haven't done Holiday World the last three days, so let's do uh, Holiday World. It's your show. And uh, well, I was just trying to go in order. I knew we did Beach Bend. I know we did uh, yeah, Kentucky, Kentucky Kingdom, Kingdom was yesterday, so it so is. So we'll do Holiday World today, and um, uh, all the correct entries will be uh, entered into a drawing for uh, to determine the winner. 
So here's the question. Nearly four in ten people say they always go to the same place for this. Nearly four in ten people say they always go to the same place for this. Nearly four in ten people say they go to the same place for this. Do you? Without a doubt. You're very loyal, though, so that doesn't necessarily help yeah, much. Yeah. <laughs> that could be almost anything. Sometimes you just want what you want. Diet Coke. <laughs> could be anything. This weekend's movie premieres. Haunted Mansion is out. A woman and her son enlist a motley crew of so-called spiritual experts to help rid their home of supernatural squatters. Rosario Dawson... Lakeith Stanfield, Owen Wilson, Tiffany Haddish. What are we hearing about? What are we hearing about uh, Haunted Mansion? Sam, I know you said you read a review. I didn't read the the full review from the Bowling Green Daily News, but I know he said you, it wasn't the greatest thing he's ever seen. Yeah. But. Now, honey, I handed you an article yesterday that yes. it might not be good for kids. It's like PG-13. What was your takeaway in um, that department? Well, I, um, I, I can only speak for our seven-year-old, and I would take her to see it. You would, okay? Yes. She's seen the first one. She has, and so, mm-hmm. and there's no problem. There's no questionable. I like, mean, yeah, there's some. I mean, there's death. There's you know, I mean, it's stuff that. Yeah, I would take her, and also and I'm a weirdo. Also, so. new at the theater today. It's going to be hard for Haunted Mansion to crack into the top three or four just because you got you know some heavy hitters out there. Barbie will do. Barbie will win the weekend again. I presume Oppenheimer will be in the top five. I presume Sounds of Freedom will be in the top five. I presume Mission Impossible. Wait, I've probably named six movies and they can't all be in the top five. <laughs> but anyway, it'll be a neck and neck horse race. But Barbie's going to win the weekend again without. And Oppenheimer will be second. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine that the first weekend and some change of Barbie. And I bet Honey Man should be third. I can't imagine that the Barbie appetite was filled. I guess there's no. still people out there that, is, that were skeptical and going to go, okay, well, I'm going to go, I'm going to go see it. Okay. What else do you need to know about? Oh, um, it appears Sinead O'Connor was found unresponsive at her home. Her death is being considered not suspicious. So that's what we know today. The autopsy will take several weeks. So, won't know any more than that. Not surprisingly, uh, Pink was in concert mm, two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Was it in Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. I thought so. Was that Great American Ballpark? I saw it. It was a Great American. I saw. Um, that's not Pink. I was going to say. That's, yeah, what that's. Uh, yeah, yeah, she yeah, was yeah, with. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the story will make sense here. Yeah, anyway. here in just a second. Uh, Brandy Carlisle is on tour. Pink is on tour. They both dedicated performances and sang Nothing Compares to You at their show on the news that Sinead O'Connor had passed, uh, told stories of how influential, you know, of of their ages, that song in particular, you know, left a big mark on on them, as it did on, you know, all of us, really. So it was just such a, that song was so enigmatic, and that's why it gets people's uh, attention. So they were touring together. They were both in Cincinnati the other night. Sam, is that right? Yeah, they were there at JVP. I think Bernie Carlisle opened for her. The reason, I didn't know where it was uh, because I couldn't tell from the building, but I saw an exterior shot, 
and I could see the I could see Kentucky on the other side, and I'm like I know that shape of that neighborhood that you can see just across the river. Well, you were just when there at the ballpark. Yeah. You were just there last week. Yes, I was. So that's like I recognize that silhouette, uh, that uh, that section of land. Yeah, they usually do like one big concert every summer when the Reds are on the road. You'll be excited to hear the Jonas Brothers have announced fifty new tour dates, including North America, Europe, and Australia. The closest they will be to where we live, Nashville, Tennessee, on Friday, October twentieth. Now, if you're feeling sporty. You can see them at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas on October the 27th. Hmm. No, I will be Cougar football on both those days, so I'll be out. You'll be footballing. That'll be the regular season Aww. finale, won't it? The, the 27th, yep. You're we'll be at Hancock County it. that day, and then the week before, we'll be in Harnett. Bless oh, Harnett. The morning show crew is looking for a lifeline in the Season 3 teaser, so they are posturing Season 3 of the morning show to be released on September 13th, where are you going to be that day? Is that a Friday? <laughs> it's probably a Thursday. Thursday. Yeah, I was trying Thursday to think. Friday. That's actually, no, I think that is a Friday. Is it? I yes, because think... it is a Friday the 13th, I think. Oh. Um, and, or no, 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 because 1 8 15 is yeah, the Friday. Yeah, because Sunday, Sunday isn't the first. That fif- so you can't have Friday then. Yeah, no, yeah. that 15 is, uh, we're at Bullet Central. No, Monday's, the, when Monday's the first, Friday is the 13th. I think you were right when Sunday's the first. Uh, The morning show, I like it. Uh, Alex Levy's, uh, Jennifer Aniston's character, obviously she's still in it. Steve Carell, right? Steve Carell is in it. Reese Witherspoon is in it. It's good. And the Cubs and White Sox fans got into a wild brawl in a suite. So Crosstown Classic between the two. And a, a fight broke out in the suite between Cubs and White Sox fans. Is, is that UConn Cornelius in there? I think it there? is in him. It, it, it is maybe him. But more important, this was a, a pathway. Of, did you see the Cardinals game last night? Cubs, the Cubs, that's, Cubs Cardinals? That's, those are two teams that don't traditionally I go searching for. Yeah, but, but did you see the drama? No. Early on, yeah. So um, Cardinals got their lost their catcher and then... Uh, by a hit to the hit to the head with the bat, and then there was payback, and they they threw out the pitcher on like the third pitch of the game for payback. It was just it's not something you see happen in baseball well, all the time. Very similar in the Pirates Padres game as well. I just want to know if anybody in this suite shoved a hot dog in anybody's face. <laughs> Probably, I know I somebody who's capable of doing it. Right? We got to get to a break. We'll come back. Got more on the way. You're on in the know. <laughs> MB's point of honor for today. What song do you feel compelled to sing along with, even if you don't really know the words? Any song you hear, you don't know the words, but it's like, I just got to sing along with that. I think it's more likely going to be a genre of music that I don't typically listen to, but I hear it and it's catchy and I go, why am I singing this song? Like there are sometimes, because of the moose, I get through osmosis. I get some. I get more exposure to country music than I realize, just because mm-hmm. we always have a monitor on, mm-hmm. and so you get to hear these same songs, and you go, "Why am I humming this song? I don't really know it. I don't know what the words are." That would be my example. You got any others that you you sing along? You go, "I don't know what this song means." Well, I don't know if it's not that I, I know what it means. I, like, but when I go to church and there's songs that I don't know, I still feel compelled to. Okay. 
I mean, yeah, yeah, like stop. You just, know, it's hard to sometimes stop and process the words I'm, yeah. of the hymn. I'm, I'm thinking of some of the songs that just go really fast at times, like Wannabe, uh, you know, going back. Yeah, or even Mambo Number 5. I was going to say Macarena. Like, oh, I Do you struggle with tequila sometimes? That's mm, a, no, that <laughs> song's easy. Uh, I get that. I, I think I know that word. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's probably a lot. I'll probably today be driving and listening to one, be like, oh, here's one that would be an answer. <laughs> I don't know. It might be some opera songs. Like, I don't know any of the opera words. Let's go to the television schedule. Discovery Channel Tropic Jaws is uh, on tonight's entry on Shark Week. Well, the season three premiere of something on HBO called How To with John Wilson. You know anything about that? No. I don't know who. Documentary filmmaker John Wilson embarks on an odyssey of self-discovery and cultural observation by covertly filming the lives of fellow New Yorkers while trying to share advice. I'll pass. Sounds kind of weird. Tomorrow, the season one finale on the CW of called, something called Greatest Geek Year Ever, 1982. Is 1982 the greatest geek year ever? Tomorrow's Shark Week entry on Discovery, Mega Sharks of, the Dang- of Dangerous Reef. Sunday, Celebrity Family Feud, Tough as Nails, The Great Food Truck Race, and Naked and Afraid Castaways series premiere. Oh, that's other, they need another version of that show? Uh, apparently so. Like, there are people who really, really love that show. Yeah. Uh, clearly, if they have mm-hmm. about 34 different versions of it. Yeah. Today's highlight in history, this date in World War II, uh, this date in 1914, World War I began. As Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia, President Franklin D. Roosevelt announced the end of coffee rationing this date in 1943. Coffee rationing? Mercy. Birthdays today. Garfield creator Jim Davis is 78. Wow. Dick Ebersaw is 76. Sally Struthers is 76. Simon Kirk from Bad Company is 74. CBS, former CBS anchorman and now 60 Minutes correspondent Scott Pelley is 66. Lori Laughlin is 59. Soldier Boy is 33 today. Wow. Oh, happy early birthday to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I decided to observe it. <laughs> Gone but not forgotten, Beatrix Potter, the author of the Peter Rabbit books, was born this day in 1866. Frankie Yankovic, who had to be Al's dad was born in 1915, and Jackie Kennedy Onassis, born this date. She was a Bouvier first. She was born in 1929. Frankie Yankovic was an accordion player, and that's where Weird Al's version, uh, love of the accordion, came from. I'm quite certain. Let's go to Chart Toppers. Not related. They are not related. It makes me wonder then if Yankovic is a stage name for the Weird Al. Or maybe it's just because. Just a good old coincidence. The crew cuts. Shaboom. I'm pretty sure this is in Cars. It's the, yeah, the Clue movie. No, I think it's in Cars, too. It may be. But Which is clue trumps. by the by the crew cuts that version. Is I'm in almost positive it is. All right, let's uh, try and advance forward about a decade. Yep, I just googled it. Yep, 
Let's go to 1963. Uh, Jan and Dana of were number one, but Johnny Cash was number one. Is he singing into a tin can in this? Auto tune. He went over to T Pain Studio and used Auto Tune to record. What's <laughs> Soldier Boy's birthday? Maybe he was. I T Pain, you know. Me. In this harbor town, she was. 1972, The Looking Glass, number one with Brandy. Y'all know how much I love this song. Fetch another round. She serves them whiskey and wine. The sailor said, Brandy. Shout out to all you Foghorn Leghorn fans. <laughs> Let's go to 1981. Joey Scarberry, number one. Theme from The Greatest American Hero. Now, it's funny. I love this song, and I remember this show, but I could not tell you anything about the television show. I know it's called The Greatest American Hero. I know what he looks like in the show, but I don't remember any... I don't remember an episode. I don't remember the characters. I don't know, but I know the song. Never seen it. I wonder what time it came on. Maybe you were sent to bed or something. No, it was a seven o'clock show. Oh, it was okay. because it was you know it was wholesome. Well, maybe you were at the ball it field. was. Uh, it could have been, yeah. But I know. I'm, but I know the theme. I know the theme song somehow. So I don't know. 1990, Billy Idol number one with Cradle of Love. J Lo 99, if you had my love. Jesse McCartney leaving in 08, and Despacito number one six years ago today. All right, MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. says, when you love what you have, you have everything you need. When you love what you have, you have everything you need. MB's Pearl of Wisdom for today. Remember, God loves you, and I do too. If you don't know Jesus, let me know, and I'll introduce you. Look forward to seeing you back here on Monday for another edition of our show. For Sam Gormley, for Beej, I'm MB, and now you're in the know.